Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Tobin here with you. Let's talk some fights, eh? Let's do this thing. Watched a little KSI Logan Paul yesterday on DAZN for your ass. I was honestly mostly intrigued to see what Shannon the Cannon Briggs was going to be like as a trainer. Did not disappoint. I loved it. I, I, I loved every piece of it. I don't think I could hear your mic, Steve, if you were saying something. You got like suckered that. into that? Well, it's not. I, I it took In all money. honesty, I here's the thing. I had DAZN from watching the Canelo fight the week before, so not really. And I actually, in full, in full, uh, in full transparency, I didn't even watch it last night. I woke up this morning. I saw KS. It said KSI wins controversial split decision. I'm like, all right, I'll see what happened. And yeah, I watched it. You know what? I watched the first one. I watched that on the legal stream. Um, this was much better. It was much better than the first fight. These guys were in good shape. Um, they took it seriously. I, no, they definitely took it seriously. They definitely took it seriously. Like, I saw, you know, I know Shannon that brought in some guys from Miami to spar with Logan Paul and things like that. So, yeah, I think they definitely, they definitely took it seriously. The thing, look, the thing that people just always neglect when it comes to just walking into a fight, uh, uh, you know, combat, professional sports and all that stuff, guys, the thing that you just don't realize is just the, the, the timeless hours these fighters put in the gym of drilling and amateur rounds and background and pedigree all of that stuff it is it is unbelievable how second nature this stuff comes because look i'm just a jackass who talks on the radio i'm a mind you know i'm you know when i do boxing stuff like it is just it, it's bags and pads it's all it's all nonsense i'm floored with the mind capabilities that these guys remembering combinations slips rolls all that types of stuff um that stuff takes time. And and the thing is that these guys, you have to have a true respect for professional fighters in the, the, the type of mentality they bring into stuff. It takes time. It takes effort just for it to become second nature. You're not thinking about what you're doing. That's the stuff I always come away with this stuff. Marble. It's not the punches. It's not the hard knockouts. I think like any juice head could probably go in there and throw an impressive overhand right that moves a heavy bag really far or stings somebody's hand. But you know, to really know that that mental craft to get through to to get through a fight with uh with the same kind of cardio level that that's always the thing I come out of these things marveling most at when a Logan Paul a KSI or quite frankly a Greg Hardy goes out there and, and fights and you're seeing him with five fights in the octagon just starting to look all right maybe Greg Hardy is starting to kind of get a grip of this stuff um look how much that took it it, it took a, a long long time so you know KSI Logan Paul. I, I spent I invested 18 minutes in it. What are we talking about? Yeah, sure. I'll watch those guys go in there and I'll I'll watch them scrap. I don't. I, to be honest with you, I don't really know the background story of them. I don't know much about Logan Paul. I don't know much about KSI. I'm not somebody who who really lives in that world. Um, I know that they're super super popular. I know that building was packed. I know supposedly a lot of people uh, were were subscribing to this thing. I do I do tell you this. Um, I do appreciate. The fact that Eddie Hearn, who I've not been like the biggest supporter of, and I've not been the biggest fan of, I, I do think it was a smart decision on his stamp from his standpoint to put 
a Devin Haney on that card, to put a Billy Joe Saunders on that card. I thought that was smart. Don't just do the whole Barstool Sports rough and rowdy thing of nothing but YouTubers fighting each other. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah, I, I just I thought I thought putting Devin Haney and giving him that kind of a platform, I thought that was a good move. I thought putting a Billy Joe Saunders on, I think that's a smart move, even though you know Billy Joe didn't look the, the, as fantastic as we've seen him in the past. Um, I thought that was I thought that was savvy. I thought that was savvy. So, yeah, if you're looking for the purest form of boxing, pfft, that ain't it. That that wasn't it, man. That certainly wasn't it. But uh, as far as two, go- I'll tell you one thing. This is interesting. Can I actually break down the fight, if I may, if I may be, uh, uh, you know, bold enough to do that? Go for it. Okay. You want to know who actually had the most screw ups in that that fight last night? It was the guy with the most experience, Jack Reese, the referee. This guy screwed up two knockdowns because KSI. He knocked down Logan Paul in the third round, and then in the fourth round, Logan Paul hit him with this hellacious uppercut, really good shot. He puts KSI on the canvas, and as he's trying to kind of finish it, uh, you know, going down, listen, Logan Paul does not have the experience to know what to do to go to his neutral corner if he knocks the guy down, and he did not, like, maliciously hit him when he's already on the canvas. So Jack Reese, he sends KSI to the corner, I'm like, all right, what the hell's going on here? He says, you got five minutes. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you going to call this a slip? What are we doing here? So he scores the knockdown, but then tells the judges, take two points away from him. Basically saying, this at best can be an 8-8 round for, for Logan Paul. So he just got a huge knockdown um, and and now doesn't get any of the benefit of the two points. And, and in the end, swung the fight. Even if they would have scored... Even if they would have ended up scoring the knockdown the round beforehand, let's say those two are a wash, it ended up swinging the fight in uh, in Logan Paul's favor. So um, Jack Reese had a rough night as a referee, man. He really, really did. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was just he was a little bit too uh, overcautious or too uh, too flimsy with the rules or wanted to be extra enforcing with the rules because of these uh, these these basically amateurs who have just turned professional in there. But yeah, he, he, in a way, he really screwed up the night. If you are if you were invested in Logan Paul KSI, you didn't get the result you should have gotten because the referee didn't know what he was doing. Uh, and I can't believe I broke this down that much. You know what that means, right? Mm. It's a third fight. Trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. KSI says no trilogy. He's That's he's a lie. he's holding out. No, 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 no. We have to you know. I the one thing though is you where do you know, like Logan Paul and KSI like I, do they do, do like this rivalry does it keep going? Like, do, do they go and they try to do it a third time? Okay, then what? Like, are they going to – like, Logan Paul's like, oh, I want to be heavyweight champion of the world. It's like, man, dude, you – you look, you look fantastic. Maybe you should go play uh, play a boxer in a video or you could go do these celebrity fights. Or I think – listen, KSI's a suggestion of him fighting CM Punk. I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good suggestion. Although, you know, CM Punk's in his mid-50s now. He's, a, he's an old-timer. He's taking a guy 30 years older than you. Um, but – you know, it is what it is, man. These things, it was fun. It was a, it was a gimmicky night. Like I said, if you're investing 18 minutes in it, whatever. Uh, DAZN did something that, that got people uh, tuned in, got them interested. I thought that they looked pretty decent for two guys who, you know, they're just they're just dipping their toe into this stuff. They've been told, hey, if you're going to do this, you want to do it on DAZN, you got to be professional boxers. I thought that was a savvy move by Eddie Hearn, so I'll give him props there. And also give my props to my boy Shannon Briggs. Shannon Briggs is a good trainer. I'll say it. Look what he did out there. He had Logan Paul doing his thing. He wasn't trying to make it too complex for the guy. He's like, listen, you go out there, you give him the one one two. 
You give him the one, two, three, that's it. Like let's let's not this isn't rocket science out here. And he was right. I think I think basically from that second round, it really from that from that knockdown, non knockdown, you know, Logan Paul really turned it on and I, I put that all to the coaching of Shannon the Cannon Briggs, who maybe has a future in this. Why not? I mean his trainer his fighter did just lose to KSI, but on a technicality. On a technicality. So there was that. I watched a little UFC Moscow yesterday. Uh, you uh, you had uh, Zabit. He got the, the he got the win over Calvin Cater. Really entertaining fight. The only thing I would say with that fight, I don't understand why it was three rounds. Um, you know, from what I understand, Zabit's team when this got moved to this point, they said we'll do the fight, but we only want it to be three rounds. And main event fights are five rounds. And there's a couple things. There's a couple things. Zabit's had a lot of hype around him, I would say, the last 18 months. People have been really into Zabit and some of the moves that he's been able to throw off. And, you know, people wanted to see the next, you know, Dagestani monster. Um, you know, he's not like, he's not from the same camp as Khabib, but, you know, they think, oh, that same area. He's going to main event in Moscow. Let's see what goes down. And I really felt like if that fight had another two rounds to it, maybe it could have swung a different way. We don't know. I mean, it's. A little bit open for interpretations. We did end up getting the the win for himself, but <clears throat> also in this regard, like why is uh you know why is it be taking on a guy like Calvin? Calvin's very talented and he's uh, entertaining, but he's kind of just dipping so, and they they kind of just throw him to the wolves here, man. They're just like, hey, take it on Zabit, go at it, and he looked uh, he looked decent. He lo- he looked decent. Uh, I don't know what this win does for Zabit. I feel like he really needs a big leap up. It's kind of time to see sink or swim. What is this guy? And is he is he capable of going and winning a title? Because there's been a lot of hype around him now for a little bit. And we've seen a lot of these guys who've had the hype around him, you know, say like a style bender. You know, style bender, he, he got the hype behind him, and he was looking for the fastest route up. And not everybody takes that tactic. Not everybody is a style bender. Not everybody wants to do that, but... I do kind of feel like for Zabit, it is time for that step up for him. <coughs> the other big thing in this was uh, the co-main event. You had Alexander Volkov taking on Greg Hardy. This was Greg Hardy's fifth trip to the Octagon in 2019. So a very, very busy first year for Greg Hardy. Uh, part of the uh, the motivation of doing this was the fact that he was, you know, the, the last fight was a little bit controversial. It held the whole in- inhaler gate. Whose fault was it? Definitely up for debate of what was going on there. But I thought that him and his team made a pretty savvy move of deciding, all right, let's go fight a top 10 guy. Let's fight him on two weeks' notice. Let's see what happens. And, you know, Greg Hardy didn't ever feel like he was really in the fight as far as, I don't know if Volkov ever felt like he was truly, truly in danger. Um... Felt like he was very calm throughout the whole regard, but he didn't get you know I'll say this about Greg Hardy didn't get embarrassed didn't get embarrassed he supposedly had his arm hurt in the midst of the fight blocking a kick um so his his big right hand over over the top right hand his his best weapon if you will didn't wasn't truly available he wasn't not throwing it at all but he wasn't throwing it with frequency um so you know I look I come out of every Greg Hardy fight kind of feeling the same way I don't feel as excited to I've watched every Greg Hardy fight but I've become I've become less interested in watching Greg Hardy the fighter cuz I just I don't know where this goes I don't know what the ceiling of this is um you know he talks all this this stuff about I I think I could be champion I, you know I could be the Michael Jordan of UFC cuz I'm bringing all this athleticism and 
all that stuff, I guess, you know, look, I, I've said he comes in with the best outside sports, outside uh, mixed martial arts credentials that the UFC's ever had with how good of a pass rusher he was. But I don't really know what that means. I don't know if he's – we've seen a guy – does that mean he's the best athlete? I mean, he's had to, he's literally used an inhaler mid-fight. Does he look like he's extra extra special when he hits hits you with something? Not really. Not really since we've seen him knock out Austin Lane. We haven't seen that, whoa, this guy could be something special. I'm sitting next to Greg Hardy. He's a very intimidating dude. He's huge, huge. But what is the ceiling for him? Now, granted, this was five fights into his first year. You'll give him time. You see what he can turn into. But I don't think any of us watch Greg Hardy with the guy. This is the thing. When you look like that against Alexander Volkov, I'll totally excuse it. I'm not expecting Greg Hardy to go out there and look like a superstar against a guy who's fought as long as Volkov. Volkov's a former Bellator champion. He's a monster, and he's fighting in his home country, and he's got way more experience than Greg Hardy. So if Greg Hardy has kind of a eh, performance against Volkov, that's almost a win in a lot of regards. But some of the guys they've thrown him in there with, even though the president has said, like, I don't know who the nine guards are that that guy beat that Greg Hardy just beat. Like, they're not, they, they have not thrown Greg Hardy to the wolves up until this point. And I just haven't been terribly impressed. I, and it's, it's not to hate on him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating on him because I know the guy works in an excellent gym. He's got excellent coaches and then supposedly is working hard on this stuff. But I come out of these fights and I'm just like, do you watch him? Because he talks a big game about this. Do you watch him and feel like this guy is going to be a special fighter? I don't. I don't. It's it, it, he could be a fine fighter. I think he'll make a living doing this. And there's always going to be there's always going to be real estate for him because people are going to be into watching him, whether they love him or hate him or are just intrigued. I think that's kind of where I'm just at. I'm just at like the intrigued. I don't love watching Greg Hardy. I don't really hate watching Greg Hardy anymore, but I'm intrigued. I'll watch. Let's see what the development is. I'm, I, I want to see where this guy's at. And every time I come away with the same thing, like it's fine. It's fine. It's it, I'm not watching the, the the freakiest, scariest dude I've ever seen walk into the octagon. He can make all the mean mugs that he wants. But that still belongs to Francis Ngannou. Like, when I watch Francis Ngannou, I'm just like, ooh. Like, you, when you watch Francis Ngannou fight, you, 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 your hair stare, stay up a little bit, even with the flaws that he has. Francis Ngannou's a flawed fighter, but I watch him fight, and, like, you, you, get the, you get the tingles all over because you know that guy's throwing special bombs. Like, it's just like this guy, he touches you, and something really, really nasty can happen to that opponent. And I just don't feel that way when I watch Greg. Even... Now, credit to getting through that fight, credit to a busy first year, all that stuff. Um, I do feel like doing this did erase all the bad taste from that inhaler gate. I think that's wiped away now, and it won't be a thing. Um, so I guess the question really becomes now, okay, you've taken on the number seven guy in the world. You got shut out by him. Basically, you, you fought him a little bit banged up. It seems like you had a nasty injury in the midst of that. So where do they go from here? Do they, do they put him in the bottom? Do they have him fight guys in the top 15? and grow from there, who knows? And what does this really do for Volkov? That's the thing for Volkov. Uh, I don't. I, I will say this. For Alexander Volkov, not ending Greg Hardy or not finishing Greg Hardy, um, I don't really know what that does for him. You know, he was supposed to take on Junior Tosantos, a former champion, and then you go and you fight basically a guy who you have worlds, worlds more experience than. So from his standpoint, um, I don't know if that does a big leap for him. He's still a top-ten guy. He was probably... You know, beating Derek Lewis away from getting into the title picture is probably a little bit further off now. It needs another fight to to get back right. Wouldn't mind seeing the Derek Lewis fight again. I don't know if Derek Lewis wants to do that because he kind of pulled that one out of his ma- uh, out of his magic hat. 
but um yeah that was that was kind of the the big highlights from UFC was uh was Zabit and the Volkov Greg Hardy thing so we come back we are going to talk to an old friend very excited to uh to bring this to you Hector Lightning Lombard aka Show Weather Hector Lombard is making his return to combat sports he is going to be fighting in bare knuckle fighting championships and we got a chance to sit down with Hector really great conversation what he's been up to what his life's been like since not fighting in the UFC and why he wants to get into bare knuckle fighting something that's been a popular move for a lot of former UFC guys and really like you know people who don't know Hector is uh, one of the bedrocks of this show so we'll bring that to you Hector Lombard former Bellator champion former UFC veteran we'll talk to the great Hector Lombard next it's fighters fury on AM 790 the ticket All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin here with you on Fighters Fury. So I got a chance uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, I hit up my my guy, Hector Lombard. I got the news that he is going to be joining Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, Bare Knuckle FC, who has done a good job as far as this Bare Knuckle stuff is concerned, getting people buzzed about it. You had the Artem Lobov, Pauli Malignaggi fight. Uh, we recently had Gabriel Gonzaga versus uh, Antonio Bigfoot Silva, getting a lot of former UFC guys. Chase Sherman uh, is uh, is their heavyweight champion. Next week, I think, is Artem Lobov versus Jason Knight, which is um, which was a really really good fight the first time these guys fought. But uh, but the next guy to to kind of leap into there is going to be Hector. And look, for those who don't know about uh, Hector Lombard, this guy was as devastating a puncher as, as it gets. Even in his UFC run, you know, people want to say, well, the UFC run's super disappointing. Obviously, it wasn't what, what I'm sure he had hoped, as we'll, we'll talk about in this interview. But he, uh, every one of those fights, it felt like had a scary moment where he was knocking somebody's head off um, and maybe just didn't end up getting the result that he wanted. I mean, like him versus Dan Henderson, all these kind of crazy moments that he had. Um, former Bellator middleweight champion of the world, just just an absolute, absolute monster. He's a, he's a terror. So now he's not fighting with gloves on. So good luck with that, everybody. Enjoy that. But I uh, got a chance to sit down with Hector. Went over to uh, Kevin Gleason's gym, uh, Stay Ready Athletics. Uh, Kevin's going to be training him for this. He's had experience training guys in bare knuckle before, uh, which we'll get into in this interview. And you'll hear when... When he uh, when he's going to be making his debut, and I think he'll be interested in where he'll be making that debut. Here's my conversation with Hector Lightning Lombard. Uh, coming to you from Stay Ready Athletics. Very excited to be talking to the man Hector Lombard joining us here. Hector, thank you for the time, man. You getting loose? You got the hand there going? Yeah, to the good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be it's good to be back uh, back in front of you, back talking. It's it's been a while. It's been yeah. too long. Been too long, but big news, man. You're going bare knuckle. This is the big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love the, the, you know, the sport in general. Like it's brutal, so I really like it. Brutal. You, you're just like so calm about it. It's yeah. brutal. It's brutal. I love it. Yeah, I feel like you know, if I would have born, uh, you know, like two thousand years ago, I would be uh, fighting, you know, in the in, you know, with those gladiators or something like that. That, like is that fascinating stuff like do you go back and uh, and watch like the history documentaries and whatnot you love that stuff yeah, yeah. um but you've you've been like cage side for this stuff watching these guys go out there with uh with no gloves on do you did, were you immediately like, you immediately like yeah i gotta get on on this yeah, or was it or was it piece of like oh no no no, 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 too no I, you know i got really excited you know when uh you know when i was uh especially when i was close by i was just gonna be in it 
And and what were what were like? Did you talk to guys who have done it, or or did you feel like I didn't? You didn't need much of a push to want to do it. No, no, I be you know even like Kevin has like a, I think he he has the most bare knuckle fighters. Yeah. Well, he was he was explaining to me the the fascinating process of training with bare knuckles because you know those have been your tools forever, and you've always and it's so important. I saw you like the importance of wraps and, and keeping them safe. And, and all that stuff. So now you're in this 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 uh, situation where you got to get ready, and you know they're going to be exposed. So like, does it have, like have you practiced hitting bare knuckle? Have you practiced hitting things without any any protection on or anything like that? Or you don't think that's going to be a problem? No, I don't think I have I have very strong hands. Um, but I I feel, I feel like the sport in general is made for you know for me. You know, I have big hands, pretty strong. I'm a strong physically, so I seem like this is a, like a, a perfect fit for me. Have you been itching to get back in, in competition? Like you, has it been a has it been a tough wait? I have a, I had like a lot of personal issues even when I was fighting. When I was fighting in the UFC, I had like so many, so many personal issues. One day I will tell you about it, but it was it was crazy. Yeah. So even me fighting, I, my mind wasn't there. So. I'm clear. I clear my, you know, my space. So I don't want to have. I don't want to keep dealing dealing with with that. You know what I mean? That's tough for fighters because nobody, you know, everybody just expects you to kind of just show up on fight night and that put is, and everything uh, perfectly. And you have so much as a human that you got to deal yeah. with. That's got, that's just got to be. Yeah. That's got to be tough. And before it was easier. Even I remember when I when I moved uh, from Australia to here because I had like, a lot going on down there. I had my business and. You know, I started to become so busy because I, once because I was very popular down there, and second because you know I was running two businesses. So I, I saw my business and I let you know I said I jump in the plane and I came here just for that reason because I just didn't want to have the drama. Came here and then little by little I just I accumulate so much so much drama, so much uh, problems. It, it was crazy. Do you, uh, what, what, what about this year do you feel like has helped you put a lot of that stuff behind? Is it just being away from it and, and being away from competition and just letting yourself clear? Or yeah. was there any, like, was there any spiritual stuff? Was there any reading? Was there anything uh, somebody told you or just self-reflection? I think it was more like a self-reflection of, you know, when when I had the time to kind of like sit back and, and see what the hell is going on. So I, I took a look and I was, I, I had, I, I was, I mean, I, I don't even know how to say it. Like it was, yeah, my mom, my mom, she didn't work. She couldn't even um, do anything. So I, I was taking care of my mom. I was going through the divorce and then a lot of a lot of personal issues, and then I had a gym, and then I mean it was so much that I couldn't totally focus in the fight. When when you're a fighter, you have to be 100% for the fight. Yeah. I remember when I went to uh, Sweden for two two weeks. It was it was people living in the gym, and I'm like, man, I miss these days, man. Like when I used to live in the gym, and I'm just focusing training only. It's easier. It's, yeah. e it's easier when you don't have the, the burden of other people. Exactly. 
And you and, and and you know, just seeing around you in the gym and being around people, you bring a very positive vibe. Yeah. And you like to bring that that uplifting spirit into a gym. So when you're carrying a lot of stuff, is this stuff is this place always an escape? Like no matter what gym you're in, is it always a good escape for you, or is it um is it is it sometimes does it feel forced? Like you have to put on the positive because you feel like that's the best place you succeed. It was it was at the end. It was like kind of like I have to go to the gym because I had I, tra- I had to train. Yeah. It's not because you know that's Not the only sure. the only place that I have. Right. Like most of the fighters, you know, the gym is what they have. Mm-hmm. What else they have? You know, I has I has so much going on. Like the gym for me was kind of like the last the last choice because yeah. I was caught up in so many drama, so much drama. It was crazy. Do you want to look at this this uh, this bare knuckle thing? Like it's becoming super popular. Yeah. I mean, people are crazy about it. Um, I'm sure that you wanted the UFC run to go like a lot better than it did with with all the with all the accolades you came in from Bellator and all that. So are you looking at this almost as like the next the next chapter? Like you could still get back to that top of the top in in this new promotion that's like hotter than than like anything in combat right now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, first thing that I have to do is this is what I'm doing. You know, I got I got a good trainer, I got Kevin, I got good people around me. I don't have the drama. And every single time that I'm close to some drama issues, I'm like, I'm out. And and that's what I'm trying to do. I, I'm trying to keep my mind just focused on on the, on training before I wasn't. When do you think you're going to make your debut? Do you have any, any timeline for Fe- it? February 1st. So when do you think? Oh, so you like, no, you know. It's, it's fe- February 1st. Do you know where it's going to be? Uh, uh, we haven't decided w- what opponent, but uh, it's definitely here. And, um, they won the Fall Out of Hell. Whoa, so it's going to debut down here? Yeah, yeah. That's big news, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You breaking that to me? My dude. Come on, man. Sure. We've been waiting for it down here. That's what I'm talking about. Because I think the Malinaji Artem was supposed to be down here and it ended up moving to Tampa. I was like, man, that was South Florida, that would be... The, yeah. this, like, it's, it's made for- Especially at the Hard Rock, you know what I mean? My dude. Yeah. Well, that Hard Rock's got special meaning to you. Oh man, you have no idea. That's a, that's like it's crazy. How many good things I did in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the people that I met, like Sima and Tommy, you know, we became good friends. They wonderful people. So yeah, man, like that's a special place for me. Do you do you? So you feel like even when you're there, because I think I saw your social media, like just at the uh, the hotel open which is crazy to see yeah. a damn guitar in the middle of the state um like you get those 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 flashbacks that they always come back i mean put it this way uh that that was where i i, I won my my uh, bellator world championship and then i defended at the same place and it was packed i remember there was so many cubans there's so many people from everywhere you know but it was it was super packed and I I feel like I can do that again. I can I can do that again in uh in, in the bare knuckle, you know. Does it does it blow you away what South Florida has become as far as mixed martial arts and the popularity of yeah. it? Everybody flocks to here oh. now, and you know you were at the, the grassroots of it. Like you were here when it was still in the kind of I want to say the beginning stage, but like really kind of the beginning stages. And now yeah. it's just like you know American Top Teams like looks like a damn factory, and yeah. everybody seems like they flock down here. It's it's almost like this weird, I don't know, kind of capital, fight capital in a, in, a, in a strange way. Does that blow you away in any way? 
He does. He does, definitely does. I mean, when when I came here, I was, I actually came here because of weather. Because <laughs> I, was, I was in California, right. and I like it down there, but, you know, I, I met, I met uh, Ricky, and I remember Maki was just starting um, being a manager, and um, I was talking with Ricky, and the thing I know, I, I just flew up down here, and I'm like, I'm staying here. Yeah, yeah. I knew Dan Lambert uh, from Pride, because he used to go to Pride. And then I just start training at ATT, and then that's it. That's pretty bananas, man. Well, let's, we're wishing you the best of luck. It's Thank awesome. You. It's awesome that you're uh, going to be on this this platform. Oh, you're okay. debuting down here. That's that's the perfect place for it. No other place it should be. Um, and I, and I, I hope, man, like this is going to be like what uh, what gets everything, all the stuff that you talk about, all the drama and whatnot. I hope this clears it all out. Yeah. Is is fresh start for you? Yeah, and uh, can, I cannot wait to. Um, I'm sure, 100% sure that I'm gonna be fighting at the at the Hard Rock at one point. So I cannot wait to um, do that again. Should they really let you do this though? Because those things are like pretty devastating as it is with pads. Yeah. Like I don't think it's really that fair to let you do it with no protection. You're gonna really hurt somebody, Hector. That's 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 what they, what you get paid for. I understand, man. But like, there should be. I think there should be a squadron. Like, you know what, Hector's he's too devastating a puncher to be bare knuckle. I'm sorry, Hector. We. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it's fighters fury on am 790 the ticket welcome back everybody fighters fury rolls on this sunday morning thanks again to hector lumbar for sitting down with us very much enjoyed 
our conversation and look forward to watching them coming up. South Florida, he told you, debut coming in February. It will be down here, which is where it should be if you're going to have Hector Lombard on a card. So very, very cool. Uh, we've been having a lot of themes of, uh, of guys not fight, uh, guys who aren't fighting in their normal sports or guys who aren't fighters fighting today. So I was just looking at some footage. Some footage came out this week of uh, Darren Till. He is training Tyson Fury for MMA. He was teasing this a little bit. We didn't know if it was serious, but uh, there are some videos that came out from uh, from Tyson Fury's promoter. Dana White even put it out with the old googly eyes emoji. And anytime there's a googly eyes emoji, that means something's actually going down. Everybody knows that. Uh, I got to say, Tyson Fury looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. He can move around. Those big-ass legs getting up there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what goes down. If Tyson Fury, maybe Tyson Fury versus Greg Hardy. There we go. Boom. Give Greg Hardy something intriguing. You know, he's got five fights in now. I'd be interested. Let's see. Let's see if that's the way to go now. So, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's one thing. Now there is some news on the Nate Diaz front. So Nate Diaz had this post this week where he was basically saying that, uh, we, we all knew what the result was going to be from the start. Uh, I'm going on tour F fighting. And so everybody assumed that Nate Diaz was going to retire. That was going to be it for him. We were uh, we were done seeing Diaz in the octagon. But he did give a statement to Ariel Helwani and basically threw all that uh, in the fire. No uh, no retirement is coming. He said that he will uh, he'll fight tonight if he wants to. So there is uh, there's no there's no retirement. So what's going to be next for him? I don't know. I don't know because I don't think this rematch between him and Masvidal is going to be next. Um, even though Masvidal again reiterated that if he does come back, we will we will run it back. He said that when the first retirement rumors came out. Um, but I, I got to be honest, like I don't think that those guys are going to share the octagon next, even with the stoppage being what it was. I feel like as the days have gone on and you get out of the emotion of fight night, most people are still feeling like, man, and they kind of got his ass whooped in that fight. You know, and they can can put the posts of this is the moment of the fight where Masvidal, you know, knew that this 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 was the end. I'm like, yeah, all right, did he? And that's what I'm saying with the Diaz brothers, man. Their fan base, them and they just love living in conspiracy land. It's their favorite. They love living in, you know, George George St. Pierre having the Canadian Commission on the take. And, you know, these fights always been from the start. And, look, you get it from some standpoint because, you know, Nick's career really was sandbagged by commissions when they banned him for life for smoking weed. That was crazy. Um, so you get the distrust, but they also just, like, They'd almost prefer knowing that there was an open-ended result that they can go and, and jump off that and get everybody who, who does support them all crazy than if it would have just gone to the decision and it was what it was. Because now you can always have the what if. Now you can always have the situation of deciding, ah, well, you knew where that fight was going. It's like, why? Because you, you stopped and slapped him while you were on your back bleeding out your out your pores. That's That's why. That's why we're going to sit here and say, oh, maybe that's what could have happened. I guess, or, or maybe you would have continued to get that eye just butchered up, you know. But every that's the that's the weird thing when it comes to fighting is everybody always thinks about the what if on the side of well, what if there was this crazy comeback? It's like, well, yeah, but what if what if things would have just gone the same? What if, what if things would have just continued down the path of him getting pieced up and you know then actually needing some serious, even more serious surgery on that eye, and maybe he does never fight again, not even by his own choice. It's always nice to think about. The, the the margins of, of comebacks and, and storybook endings and all that stuff. Um, and it's good to think, oh, well, what if Jorge Masvidal would have would have gassed out like Conor McGregor? It's like, yeah, but he never has. Like, why why would that be the case? I don't 
I don't really know why you would be in the path of thinking things are going to go in that direction. Speaking of Connor, uh, Khabib has come out this week. I was surprised we didn't see we didn't see much of Khabib at the the whole Russian card. I figured there would have been more of a presence there, presence there of him, uh, but not really the case. But he says that Connor has to win ten fights before he'll ever fight him again. I say that Connor has to win one fight before he gets Khabib again. Now, if he wins, if he wins, and and, and look, the first fight that has to happen, bar none, is Namagamedov has to take on Tony Ferguson. That's it. There is no other. There is no other option. There is no other way to go. No George St. Pierre. Uh, n- none of this nonsense. Him and Tony Ferguson have to fight. I don't care if it's been cursed and it hasn't happened the first four times they were supposed to fight. They got to fight. This has to be. This is. It, it must be known before we all go to our our mixed martial arts graves. We need to know who the hell was the better fighter between those two guys at 125. This is almost getting to the level of con of uh, of Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao, where like. These guys are going to be are going to be old and gray, and then they'll finally fight. You know, maybe in Bellator one day, and we'll finally get the answer. But we never got the answer we really should have gotten. These guys are are meant for each other. The styles, uh, the types of things they could do to make each other uncomfortable. I got to know which one of them is better. But you know that that is the most important thing. Not not a Conor McGregor rematch or whenever Conor's going to fight. Who knows? You know we. We found out this week from Conor. This is these are these these are the updates we get from Conor McGregor these days. We found out that he's not the father of some, uh, some some Irish kid. You know, the the week before that, Conor McGregor, you know, slap on the wrist for punching an old man. You know, Conor McGregor, another another assault claim. Like these are the updates we're getting on Conor McGregor. We never find out if he's fighting anymore. It's all it's all just updates on on crime and scandal and all that stuff. And it's like. And I gotta tell you, it's like the Irish papers eat this stuff up because like they got they got a new story for every every week that is that has come out of. But the way they do it in Ireland is you can't name a guy, so they always go like Irish superstar. They can never say who it is with uh, when it comes to him. But um, you know, honestly and truly, I think it would go like this: if Connor were to beat Donald Cerrone, or if he were to beat. You know, Justin Gaethje, probably Gaethje would be more warranted. If he were to beat Justin Gaethje, you know, then you could say, all right, we'll we'll throw Connor right in again in the winner of Tony Ferguson versus Habib. That's the way that that's the way that'll go. Uh, if he beats Don Cerrone, a little bit of a tougher uh, a, a tougher ass because Donald hasn't been as highly ranked, has hit, hit a little bit of hard times lately. So I think it would be a harder argument to say because I think Gaethje right now as it stands, is a top-five ranked guy. So if you beat a top-five ranked guy and you go and beat him, okay, then we can talk about the idea you jump into a title shot, not needing 10 in a row and all this stuff. Um, you know, so they have Gaethje right now ranked fourth, Donald's fifth, and Connor right now in some ways third, even though he hasn't fought in forever. So, you know, there's only two ways Connor could really go. If you want to go fight Dustin Poirier again, um, which I could get Connor not wanting to do that fight again because listen, he mopped the floor with Dustin Poirier, even though it was at featherweight, and Dustin's a way better fighter. Uh, Gaethje is interesting from the standpoint of you could you could see why that would make Connor completely uncomfortable. I think it would put a lot of rumors to bed if if he were to beat Justin Gaethje. I think it would be the most impressive win outside of Tony or Khabib at that division where people would be the most impressed with him. But Cowboy and him have the history; like they've been circling each other for a long, long time. It's like, you know, a tiger shark and a hammerhead finally going to come to fruition and boom, they're going to go at each other. That's why that one is interesting for, for a lot of reasons. So keep your eye out on that. Uh, Texture writes in 67974. Style Bender versus Yoel, UFC Miami at the BBC. 
I don't know if we're going to get the BBC, my friend. I mean, that's a, that's the tough thing about the Bang Bros Center. It seems like we're going to get this. Uh, I think I read the TD uh, TD Arena, which is just. It's not like I have a problem with it, even though it is also the sponsor of the Boston Arena, which I'm not a fan of. Um, but it's just so nondescript. Like the the what is it? The, the, the TDA? That's what it's going to be. It sounds like a it sounds like a sexually transmitted disease, man. Uh, the BBC though, the Bang Bros Center, that's a party. And if you're going to have the Bang Bros Center and a couple of guys cracking in the BBC, that's the way to go. Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero, sign me up. Now, I don't know if they'll do that. Like, let's talk about it realistically. The best chance Miami has to get a championship fight is going to be Masvidal. That's the way it's going to roll. Because, one, uh, though Yoel is from down here and he lives down here and he's in the community and all that stuff, right now the guy who is synonymous with Miami is Masvidal. It, they, now, remember, they did try – the uh, they did throw out there uh, Paulo Costa versus Yoel. It was initially supposed to happen at the American Airlines Arena. It ended up getting moved to the BB and T Center, so we didn't we didn't ever get that. And then eventually, both guys fell out of that fight, um, you know, for injury reasons, sickness reasons, and I think uh, I think uh, Paulo had like a really mini USADA thing that went on. So they did try doing Yoel. I think that would be fantastic, although. You almost want Yoel to get that shot. Be, this would be really cool, honestly, if you wanted to do something like this. If you had, let's say, I don't know when Adesanya wants to fight, but if you did something like, let's say, April, and you had Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, they're going to fight in December. Winner comes out of that, the champion. Neither one of them has to move. They could train down here. Um, have them, Jorge Masvidal, championship fight. American Airlines Arena, but just to even soup it up more. Not that you even thinking. I, I don't even think you would need to do it because I feel like Masvidal right now is at the is at the fame standpoint where he could probably sell out the American Airlines Arena by himself. But let's just say, let's just say, or whatever the hell it's going to be. It's not going to be the American Airlines Arena if it's in April. Uh, let's say it's the TD Arena. Well, let's just call it the Bang Bro Center. You got Masvidal versus the welterweight champion for the welterweight championship at the Bang Bro Center. And then on top of that, even knowing that uh, that Jorge could sell out the Bang Bro Center by himself, you add on top of that Masvidal versus Stylebender. And the Masvidal Stylebender one is an interesting one because, you know, we're at a point in middleweight where there's not a real fantastic option. You know, people are even throwing out their Darren Till. And should he jump and get right into there with that out of signing? I think that's a bad move, man. I think Darren Till looked good in his last fight. He didn't knock your socks off. I think as far as that night was concerned, I thought Darren Till's performance was pretty forgettable um, in his middleweight debut. Understanding that he took on an absolute badass in Kelvin Gastelum, who you know now is knocked all the way down to seven, even though he was on the brink of beating Israel Adesanya. I think it's smart to have him go and fight a guy like Robert Whitaker. Jared Cannonier is also an absolute monster. Um, it's not as sexy a matchup as Adesanya versus Yoel. But look, Yoel's fights have been very, very close. I understand the argument for him um, from from his team standpoint that he should be right in there for, for a title fight. Um, but the results are what they are. Like, that that's the thing that's troublesome about it. Like, you, you can't there's, – there's been a couple of things. One has been the the making the weight. He was able to put middle fingers to that with the last one with the Costa fight, which was a really, really close fight. I thought that he won the fight. And that's this, this is where the big argument comes with Yoel's team. It was like, well, you, you know, the loss to Whitaker, was it really a loss? The loss to Paulo Costa wasn't really a loss. Um, I get it. I get it. You, you know, 
this is all the 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 eyes of three people who have the most power in it. But it's still there's still losses. Like that, you know, everybody gets tough breaks. You know, look within that same stable and you see Jorge Masvidal, king of the split decision loss. What does he do? He has to go finish guys, and that's where you see that the skyrocket. So yeah, I feel like Yoel, if he really wants to make a statement, go out there and fight somebody and finish them off. And that'll that'll kind of end everything. Him versus Darren Till, I think that's a fantastic, fun fight. Um, and I think if he beats Darren Till, I think it's a good matchup for him. I think he does beat Darren Till. Then it kind of just puts all all stuff to rest. I don't know if him and Robert Whitaker are going to do it again. They've already done it twice. Um, they've been super close fights. But I do think Yoel needs one more before he's in that title. Show. But if we were to talk fantasy land right now, Masvidal for the welterweight championship and Stylebender versus Yoel, that's a Miami party. That's a Miami party at the BBC. That'd be fun. All right, everybody have a great rest of Sunday. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 6 to 10 a.m.